Welcome to True North Vineyard Podcast, where we share our Sunday gathering messages. True North is a vibrant church plant community located in Traverse City, Michigan area. We are centered in the Bible and follow the example of Jesus praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We hope that our Sunday gathering messages encourage you to lean into the word of God and compel you to take action. To connect with us, visit our website, vineyardtruenorth.churchcenter.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at True North Vineyard. Okay, so my wife and I are really excited because, um, as you guys may know, or if you don't know, we're the worship pastors here. And so we get to deal with all the fun technical stuff that seems like the coolest area that everybody, you know, seems to always like and has its challenges um, and it has its depth and stuff too. So uh, tonight um, we're going to talk to you guys about the four H's of kingdom worship and what that looks like. And I'm excited to get to do this with you because, I mean, yeah, husband me and too. wife duo. Me too. I mean, come on. Am I doing this right? Is this on? I don't on? know. Did you turn on? You so. did turn Just on. Just making awesome. sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> if I don't have audio, I'll know why. <laughs> It's, it's my fault. <laughs> Which just makes editing harder for me later. So fantastic. So, um, but we've been married now going on 11 years. Almost. Almost this 11 year will years. will be 11. Guys, take notes. You got to always remember that, right? Got to remember <laughs> that anniversary. Uh, but we've been going on married uh, almost 11 years. Um, if you don't know, we moved out here from California about um, two and a half, almost three years now. This is almost our third years. school year. This is our third school year. Yeah, so almost crazy. three years. Um, and to plant this church, I mean, Jared called us. And so we're super excited to be able to be here. Uh, we just finished our one year completely open. Feels like it's been much longer that we've been doing this <laughs> thing, but we've only been open for a year, which has been fun. And this is, uh, my second time preaching here and your first time. Yeah, it is my first time preaching here. Love it. I, I don't think I've preached probably since high school. So a good 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. That's, don't start doing math fine. in your head. That, that's how old don't I am. Don't start it's doing fine. math in your head. It's fine. <laughs> so um, we're excited though because tonight, obviously, worship being our passion, we get to talk about um, you know worship and intimacy um, and what that looks like with the Father, with ourselves, and some practical examples we may be able to do. And then at the end, um, we're going to try and end a little early. Um, and rather than breaking into groups and things, um, or maybe if there's still time for that, we will. We're actually going to end on worship and kind of just reflect in worship, um, just on what some of the things we're talking about today. So, um, Steve, I don't know if you have all the slides, but do you have the purpose of worship up there? Can you no, throw I, that one? I didn't put that. No, I didn't put that one. All right, then. So what <laughs> is the, the purpose <laughs> of worship? Why do we worship? Any takers? To honor God. Okay. What'd you say? To praise him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because we worship because he is worthy. Whether we choose to worship God or something else, we were created to worship. And worship happens naturally within our hearts, but it's our choice to choose what we are worshiping. Yeah. Um, the Holy Spirit dwells within our praise. I know, Pastor Jared, you mentioned that when you were praying earlier. And that's part of the purpose of worship is to usher in the presence of God and to create a space for encounter with him. Psalms 22.3, that's not on the slides, but it says that God dwells in the praises of his people. And John Wimber said, 
God dwells in the praises of his people. So we should always come to worship prepared for an audience with the king. And we should expect the spirit of God to work among us. He moves in different ways, sometimes for salvation, sometimes for deliverances, sometimes for sanctifications or healings. But God always visits us through the prophetic gifts. And for those of you that don't know who John Wimber is, John Wimber is the founding guy who started the Vineyard Movement back in the 70s, was it? Was it the 70s? Yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. Um, and with that, I just, what stood out to me about that is when we think of God inhabiting our praise and being with us, we serve a living God, right? A lot of people will say, I already have the Holy Spirit in me, so why am I asking the Holy Spirit to come or God to move? We believe that God is not only in us, but with us. When I'm in a room with my husband, I could very easily not talk to him, be on my phone, doing my own thing, all I mean, of those depending things. Depending on the time of day. I mean, that that not, does happen sometimes. That's, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. It's all good. So it's like, is he in the room? Yes. But if I'm not engaged with him, then we're not building our relationship. We're not connected. It doesn't matter that he's in the room if we're not interacting. So if our God is a living God, why do we think we shouldn't pray, God move, or God have your way, or Holy Spirit come? Because his word says he's doing a new thing. Yes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's always moving. He's always doing a new thing. And we're going to miss that if we're not engaging with him if we're not asking, if we're not listening. Being in a relationship requires closeness and it requires intimacy. And we've been invited into a relationship with God. Yeah, and intimacy, if you look up the definition, says it's a close familiarity or a friendship or the closeness. So when we're talking about intimacy, guys, hold on. It's not that type of intimacy with the father. You know what I mean? I, I think of intimacy and I think of my wife. Maybe I think of something different, but that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is that friendship, that closeness. If Jared and I don't have an intimate relationship, how does this work when it comes to ministry? It takes, you have to acknowledge, like she was saying, you have to acknowledge the person in the room. We have to spend quality time together. I have to get to know you just as much as you get to, get to know me. And with the father, it's easy because we just get to be vulnerable. We get to talk to him and tell him the things that we're going through. You, 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 okay. Yeah. He probably already knows all the things, but speak, talk to him, give time for him to respond. We know his word because we have his word with us and we get to study that and we get to get that intimate relationship by studying the word to get to know him. But if we're not spending time with him in worship, if we're not spending time on our knees and praying or whatever that looks like, we miss the intimacy aspect of that relationship, which can be a different connection that you have with the Father. So tonight, as we start talking about the four H's of kingdom worship, the first one we're going to talk about is hungry. Who's hungry? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I mean, I physically too. and spiritually, I'm hungry. You know, what time yeah, we get out of here? 30, not, so. There's chili at home cooking, you know, there is. but hungry. Go ahead, babe. Tell us. So when we worship, we express our hunger for God. We express our longing for his presence. So ask yourself, am I hungry for God? 
do I want more of him in my life? I actually, I was listening to an audiobook today and it was talking about physical hunger and the phrase, you are what you eat. But it talked about how our hunger is learned. So whatever you feed yourself with is what you will crave. So if you're feeding yourself with lots of sugar or things with high, fru- high fructose corn syrup, apparently it's super addicting. Um, and it makes you crave more of those things. But the same is true in our spiritual life. If we're filling ourselves with things of the world, with things that don't glorify God, with things that maybe bring us down, if we're filling ourselves with only social media and not getting in the word, then we're going to be stuck in comparison and all of these things. We're going to, we're just going to start craving the wrong things. And we're, we're not going to experience that hunger for God if we're not already filling ourselves with him. In Matthew 9, verse 20, we, we see someone desperate for God. It says, just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Here we see a woman desperate to be in the presence of Jesus because she knows if she just touches the hem of his robe, she's going to be healed. It's that hunger knowing no matter what circumstance we may be in, that faith in knowing if I can just be in his presence, all will be at peace. Hunger is where intimacy begins. Out of that place of desperation is where we are often the most vulnerable. The song Breathe um, has the lyrics, I'm desperate for you, I'm lost without you. And this fly is in my face. But I found out recently that the song was actually written at a funeral. And I just find that so much more incredible to see that someone would, would be in their deepest moment of loss. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. In their deepest moment of loss, and they would still be crying out. They would still be hungry for more of God. Yeah, and I, I just want to stay on that for a second, that, that thought of hunger is where intimacy begins. How many times have we felt like we're in the most desperate spots of our life when we need the Father the most? You know, we're like, we're so hungry, like we're running on empty. We have nothing left. But that seems to be the time when we are the closest to him because there's nothing left to take away. Everything's already been stripped away. It's just you and the Father. It's almost like, I mean, I travel so much for work. I remember I came back and went straight to the carnival, and I hadn't slept in two days And then I got up the next day and took like a little nap and then did worship. And I just remember I couldn't even worship because I was so empty, but I was so hungry for like more of just his presence that I think I spent the majority of the better of time of worship where my wife was singing the tracks and I'm crying just on my face, you know, but hunger's where intimacy begins and I, I don't know. I just love that thought. Yeah, it comes out of the desire for his presence right. that opens the invitation to know him more. Yeah. 
When we're hungry, we ask him to come. Yeah, it's out of that place of desperation where we're often most vulnerable. So, okay, um, point number two, humble. She signed me up to talk about this one, and I don't know why. (laughs) I'm just kidding. For those of you that know me, uh, yeah, maybe, okay. No, but um, humble, dang. How many times have we just got to lay the things that, like, we are and need to, or things that we do, just lay them aside? It's easier said than done sometimes, you know. But I want to look at Philippians 2, verses 2 through 4. Uh, It says that, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. A younger version of me, Jared would have known this one, struggled with this a lot. I was really like, I played in a band. There was hundreds and hundreds of kids that would come at an early stage, like that would come see us play. Like I thought I was the man. And I never put other people's needs or thoughts like above mine because I was so focused on my own things that I was doing. And as years go by and all those things slowly start to get stripped away and there's nothing left but you and the Father, you start to realize, oh, none of it matters. I can lay all these things down to him because he's worthy. I'm worshiping the wrong things. At the time of my life, like I can think of those moments where I wasn't worshiping the right thing. I was so caught up in what I was doing and the success of what I was doing that I, wasn't wor- I was worshiping the wrong thing. I wasn't worshiping the Father. You know, in Matthew 20, 26, and 28, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to first among you, whoever wants to be first among you, sorry, I said that wrong, you must become your slave. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. There's always needs or some sort of element of laying down our pride when we're fixing our eyes and hearts on Jesus and acknowledging that. We need him in an intimate relationship and with Holy Spirit for all of our days. You know, some practical examples of what that can look like. Sometimes humility means getting out of our comfort zone. Doing something that, like, we're not comfortable with doing. But remembering it's not for us. It's for him. Sometimes we need to stop focusing on our own problems and focus our eyes on Jesus and the goodness of God in all circumstances. No matter what the circumstance is. It can also look like serving others before serving ourselves. And sometimes in a worship service, it could look like kneeling or bowing or maybe lifting our hands. Or when uh, uh, the lady who comes and she waves her flag in the back of the room, you know. Sometimes in a worship service, it can look different. But the point is, is are we giving him the glory through those actions? Are we setting... Well, I'm worried about what someone might think of me because, you know, oh, maybe I forgot to put on deodorant or I forgot to do this or that. You know, I'm worried someone's going to think I'm weird because I just want to dance for Jesus because that's just what my soul longs for. Dance for Jesus. 
man, move a chair, get through this place. Like, we don't need to worry about what other people are doing. Like, Jared, you know, we always joke sometimes because when Jared's in the Holy Spirit moment, we all do the hand thing. We all do the hand thing with Pastor Jared because, you know, but it's like, that's his, that's where he's there. He's with the Father. He's in that moment during worship. He is just, I don't care about anything that's around me. He's just here. It's him and the Father. You know, Jesse's, I, I see Jesse on his hands and knees on his face all the time. He doesn't care what's going on. He humbles himself before the Lord because he knows it's nothing else is greater than him and his relationship with him. Uh, point number three. We got, oh man, time runs quick, bro. Does it do this to you all the time? Every time? Gosh, dang, time runs quick. Okay, okay, I'm going to try and hurry. I'm going to try and hurry. Okay, number three, human. Okay, in John 1, 6 through 14, is everybody with us? Everybody doing okay? Yeah? Okay. All right. Uh, in John 1, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. So John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming in the world. Do we follow that? I always have to read that one slow because there's a lot of light to the light to the light. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. This is my favorite because, you know, I was talking to Pastor Jared about this the other day, and to be human is to have limitations. But that makes space for kingdom. Right? We see Jesus in his divine authority. He came to earth as what? As a man. He was there when it was all created, but he came to earth as a man. Right? We see throughout his testimony, he goes into the wilderness. His body is starving when he's doing the fasting and you know, during those desperation times when I'm sure, how many of you have fasted? I, I, I struggle to go more than three days with fasting because my body's like, yo, I'm done. Like, eat some food, right? But he fasted for how long? For 40 days. For 40 days with no food. And then what happens in the wilderness? Temptation comes, Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. I will give you the kingdom. I'll give you the world. Just bow before me. And what does he say? No, not going to happen, dude. Not going to happen. The whole time, he stayed focused on the, on the Father, not allowing his flesh to get through the circumstances alone, but he relied on the Spirit. Right? Like I said earlier, to be human is to have limitations. But that makes room for the kingdom in our life. So when we're going through worship and we're talking about worship and these things, right? To be human, it's okay. He came and he was human as well. He walked through the same things that we walk through all the time. 
Every time his flesh went through something and he was struggling and he was going through it, what did he say? He said, hold on, let me talk to the Father. It's me and the Father, right? Yeah, so the next and last point, (laughs) sort of, (laughs) is home. When we choose to follow Jesus and become part of the family of God, we find home. In a family, you are known And in the family of God, we get to know him and be known by him. In Ephesians 2, it says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. The temple is where God's presence lived. And now we see that not only are we members of God's family, we are his temple where God's presence dwells. So when we worship, we worship knowing that we're home that God has made his home in us and that Jesus has promised to be there when we do. In Matthew 18, it says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. That's such a good promise. I love that one. So while thinking about these things, we also want to just go into what a life of worship looks like. Our hope is that our time of worship together when we gather corporately is that it would be an overflow from your life of worship, from our lives of worship, that we're already living a life of worship, surrendered to God. But what does that look like? Scripture tells us to offer our lives as living sacrifices. In Romans 12, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. The scripture goes on to spell that out with things like showing kindness, being ready to help those in need, and how our gifts gifts work together as the body of Christ. Then verse 9 says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Now I know that's a lot, but what I wanna focus on from that 
is I want to ask you this. Are you curating a life that looks good or are you living a life that is good? I'll say that one more time. Are you curating a life that looks good or are you living a life that is good? Because it can be so easy to chase after the wrong things. To curate a life that appears good on the surface, but maybe doesn't have the substance of what God is saying is good. These things that he talks about, that, that we're supposed to hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Are we doing that? Or are we falling into the pressures of comparison, of living up to the Joneses and what are, we, what are we chasing after, really? Is it money? Is it material things? Is it a career? And none of these things are bad, inherently bad. But when we choose to worship them, when we choose to put them above the goodness of God, then that's when the problem happens. What if the reason we are so dissatisfied is because we are serving ourselves first? If we see anything modeled by the way that Jesus lived, if we learn anything about a life of worship from Jesus, we see that he served others before himself. In humility and in his humanity, he surrendered to the will of the Father knowing that it would bring him pain. In desperation and hunger for God's presence, he cried out on the cross, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he did all this so that we could know him and be known by him so we could find our home. So a life of kingdom worship is hungry, it's humble, it's human, and it's home. All of these things point to serving God first and being desperate for his presence. So when we come together and worship God together through song, we come expecting the presence of God to meet us and as he dwells in our praise, to be with us as he promised he would. Did you have anything else to add there? Are you preaching, girl? <laughs> I'm, just watching, I'm just watching you going, dang. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> so anyways, um, wow, I shouldn't have asked because that kind of ruined the mood here. <laughs> but anyways, um, so today we want to invite you all to reflect on these things. We want to give you the opportunity to worship God with expectancy, knowing the hope we have in the promises of Jesus, that he dwells in our praise, and that when two or three are gathered, I think we have at least that in here, right? Um, Most definitely. He comes and he's with us. So we yeah, do so have... We're going to close on a couple worship songs in a second. Um, a couple thoughts and stuff I want all of us to be thinking about maybe as well um, as we go leave here. And Am I living a life that looks good or one that is good? Am I serving God first or myself? And do I expect God to move when I worship him? Um, there was something you said earlier, man, that was really good, babe. I was like, I was like go, go. I'm not going to interject. This is awesome. Um, 
I don't remember what it was you were saying. It was I, something. No. Anyways, moving on. Um, so with all these things, you know, what worshiping, you know, I mean, this is, I, I'm preaching to myself when we're up here too, because I always joke about that old um, 80s sick or 90s sitcom, All My Children, where Al Bundy would watch Psycho Dad, like whatever on his like TV show, you know, because like I struggle. I got four tiny little kids and sometimes it's just, oh, it's a lot, you know, and with life and business and everything that goes on, it's, you know, this is, this speaks to my heart too. Like as I'm teaching this to you guys, I'm teaching this to myself too, because it's great reminders because we can just get so caught up in things and just in life and the ways and seasons and, you know, like holidays and all the stuff that goes on within our lives. So I just want to encourage everybody to just think about those four things, you know, the being hungry, being humble, being human and being home, you know, it's like she was saying earlier, it's, you know, we are the kingdom now. We are the embodiment of Israel. We are the place where he dwells. So like, no matter where you go, we are home in his presence, but have that intimate relationship with him. Talk to him, pray with him, you know, speak to him, you know, and then allow him to listen. So um, we're going to take like 15 minutes and we're going to go into some worship time. Um, so I'm going to move all this. If you guys want, um, I want to encourage everybody, let's stand. Um, let's move kind of, if you want to get out of your seat um, or move to a different location, uh, whatever that looks like. We just want to close and worship tonight, um, which is not something we normally do. I know we normally go into groups and stuff, but let's spend the, the rest of tonight in reflection and stuff to the Father, okay? Thanks again for tuning in to the True North Vineyard Podcast. We hope that you are blessed by this message. To connect with us, be sure to visit our website, vineyardtruenorth.churchcenter.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at True North Vineyard. We hope to see you soon.